Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your host, Chris Schuber, back in the producer's chair, floating around doing this thing over there. We are from the Draft Network, and we are brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering information. Of course, basketball is back, and you can get in on the action over at Bet Online. And it's not just basketball, they've got all the football you can imagine. Uh, Major League Baseball, NHL, tennis, esports, you name it. You can find it on a super easy to navigate website that you can check out on your desktop or your mobile device. They got a deal for you. You could sign up today. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Spend online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Deviled Egg Day to you. What do you do? You think I'm going to be in on this day or out on? Yeah, this Yeah, I day? think you're. I think you're all the way in on deviled eggs. All the way in. I can confirm I am all yeah. the way in on deviled eggs. That's the definition of a Kyle brand food, right there. Mm-hmm. Like that just it felt 100%. very felt very good there about well, that show. D- delicious and high in protein. What's what's not the like? I don't know what's going on with the filling. I mean, I like a hard boiled egg as much as the next guy, but what, what's happening here? There's like mustard involved. What what is this? It's like a um, it's a deviled filling. That's why it's called a deviled egg. I actually don't know the the science behind it, but uh, and I've never made deviled eggs myself. But I know. Oh, oh really? I, w- I have not made them. No. A staple in my house for for the Christmas holiday is deviled eggs are made and they are served. So my grandma, that's her specialty. She makes them all the time. Have Have we ever had? Uh, I apologize for changing the subject here slightly. But have we ever had the purpled, the purple pickled eggs as well, hard boiled? Oh no. yes, yes. In I am in on you're that. in. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, I know you probably didn't expect that, but I no, I'm much, not. <laughs> That's I, the last I, thing I expected dude, was for you to be in on this. I like things that are pickled. I I am in on things that are pickled. Yes. Um. So I'm in. It, here's the only problem with deviled eggs is this, and and I I'm sure they're they're good. I I can't get myself to try them. I don't know what's going on with that filling. They smell so you've so never good. even had one. No, no, I can't. I can't get myself to try it because whatever that feeling is, it just looks awful to me. Well, but, and I, I, I do know you are, are pretty staunch when you've decided you don't want to eat something because yeah, I, I provided it. you some mole poblano over the weekend and you thumbed your nose at it and effectively told me to kick rocks. Chris Schubert had some, though. I kindly declined your mole. You know how big of a deal it is that I set a bite aside and elected not to eat it myself to save it for somebody else? Couldn't I couldn't get myself there, man. Chris, your thoughts on mole poblano? Uh, very delicious. We'll have again in the future. There you go. Oh, wow. All right. Beautiful. Well, beautiful thing. Uh, for the podcast today, we've got a couple of segments of Check the Tape for you. And we are going to do the 
tier maker with the offensive coordinators. Last week we did this with the defensive coordinators where we went through all 32 and talked about their legitimacy as candidates to be head coaches. We're going to do the same for the offensive side of the football today. But first, we'll check the tape action for you. It's my understanding you have the uh, Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I want to talk about their offense and, and just how it's kind of woken up over the last couple of weeks. So we want to start there. The floor is yours. The floor is yours. All right. So the Carolina Panthers, I mean, look, they're still only a two-win football team. I think they've potentially had another two wins available for them that they weren't able to finish off. But I I wanted to focus my efforts this week on just kind of looking at their offense and and seeing what's different with P.J. Walker now at quarterback. And, you know, they're scoring a lot more points over the last couple of weeks. They seem to have some more life. And um, I wanted to kind of just see what's going on. And so as I did that this morning in preparation for our conversation today, I think we should start with P.J. Walker. And I don't think that P.J. Walker's playing great, right? I don't think he's doing things that makes you say, wow, you have an answer. But what he is doing is he's playing with confidence and giving his guys chances to make plays. And it's very refreshing. He's getting the ball out of his hands. He's being aggressive but not conservative or aggressive, but not stupid, right? I think he's making, he's trying to make throws down the field and give his guys chances to make plays on it, but it's not coming at the extent at the expense of really just putting it in harm's way. He's opening things up. And I think that's a big shift from what we watch with Baker Mayfield, who just didn't have any confidence in anything that was happening around him, whether it was the O-line, the, the receivers. I mean, it was just him holding the football and going nowhere with it. I mean, Quite frankly, that's what it was. And when he did, it was batted down at the line of scrimmage, seemingly. P.J. Walker's giving these guys a chance. He's ripping it. He's reading it, and he's ripping it. And that's been refreshing to watch. He's giving D.J. Moore chances to go make a play on a ball. And early in that game against the Falcons, if they were a little bit more on the same page, and when I say that, I really mean if P.J. Walker's ball placement was better, the production would have been even more. And so that was really encouraging. Terrence Marshall has a pulse. We haven't seen this yet from him, right? Injuries and lack of opportunity, and with Robbie Anderson no longer in the mix, he's part of this offense. He's getting chances, and, you know, it's it's. I don't think he's dominating or anything like that, but he's finding spots and he's making himself available, and Walker's giving him chances to make plays in the ball. Um, another big development for them has been the emergence of Ike and McQuandu at left tackle. The first three games for him were, were absolutely a journey. But when I tell you guys he has settled in, he has settled in. In And I mean that as a pass blocker. You're seeing him frame block so much better at left tackle right now. You're seeing him get his hands placed so much better. And he's really, Kyle, you use this phrase gravitational pull when it comes to the offensive lineman. And man, like that's such a great, that's such a great way to, to, to just paint the picture of, of what I'm seeing for, from Ike and McQuano. It's, it's guys are kind of sucking into him with his framing, with his hands, and, and he's clamping guys up, and I think he's really, really elevated, elevated his play as a pass blocker. And the run blocking's been there, right? He's always been able to move bodies and uh, getting out in space and making key blocks, but I think he's doing so with better control, which, which leads me to a, a big thought in my mind of, could we have avoided the first three weeks of disastrous play from Ike McQuano if he just would have had a real opportunity to be the freaking left tackle and have the reps and kind of – struggled through Get that settled pre- sooner dude it was it's ridiculous and I think the same things kind of happened with Brady Christensen who's playing left guard it's like 
If those guys could have just been in those spots, how much quicker could we have gotten to this stable play from the left side of that offensive line? And so that is happening now. But I think when you talk about this Panthers offense and it playing better, it's it's Mayfield being out. It's Walker coming in and playing with confidence and giving guys chances. It's DJ Moore being involved to the level that he should. It's Terrence Marshall uh, taking advantage of his opportunity. But it's really this also this left side of the offensive line coming together and playing at a higher level, especially Ike Mikwano. And, you know, they're doing this without Christian McCaffrey, obviously. Deonta Foreman's a big part of that. We talked about that yesterday. But, I mean, that dude's running with a lot of confidence. And you could tell that just the one sequence where they needed the two-point conversion against Atlanta, and they gave it to him on the on the short yardage run to get it in there. And he was stopped. I mean, he was shot stopped at the one and a half, and he just kept going, powered through, got a touchdown. And then they had enough confidence to hand it to him on the two-point conversion to tie up the game. And so – you know, all of that's working together, but it's it really just it's confidence, right? It's it's a quarterback that'll pull the trigger, read it and rip it, and give his guys a chance to make plays. Feel good? I do. I did. I I just went off there, didn't I? For a yeah, while. yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna get out of the way. Chris, Chris got up and I think went to the bathroom, uh, yeah, I, got I, some I, popcorn. Yeah, yeah I, I went and got some more water because not feeling too great because you were just. That's one of those times you just get out of your way, you know. You just, just, you, the, sh- just the show is him, yours. At let that him point. go. Yeah, just let him go. It's a little bit like, like I don't think anybody's watching Taylor Heineke and saying, "Wow, starter, right?" But damn it, he gets in there and he throws the damn ball, right? He gives guys a chance, and we you couldn't say that for for Baker Mayfield, and I, they both have the same amount of experience in the system, kind of, right? I know Walker got a little bit of a leg up, but obviously. Darnold kind of getting a lot of reps and Corral getting a lot of reps when when it was Walker's chance. You know, McAdoo's a new offensive coordinator, but I think his just just playing with comfort, man, it, it means something at that position, even if your throws aren't perfectly placed all the time. Let me ask you this. Because you mentioned we, we mentioned Baker Mayfield. Sounds like it's going to continue to be PJ Walker. You can't pull this guy out. Moving forward. You reflect on the Baker Mayfield experience in the NFL. Do you have like a a thing, an explanation, a logical root of how the wheels just completely fell off the bus? Yeah, I, I think there's a number of things, starting with just a, a player like Baker who thrives off of confidence and and you know being sure of who he is as a player and how he started his career when he stepped into that lineup for the Browns against the Jets, was it? Was it the Jets? He made his debut Thursday Night Football against the Jets, yes. From that point forward, like the way he immediately stepped in and provided a spark was really big, and things were pretty stable around him. But as he started to get injured, as he started to make mistakes, as the ingredients around him started to lack consistency, whether it was the way that they played or – availability I think that it just started to bottom out and I I I think he does deserve some of it I had it was always a tough situation for him to step into in Carolina given those dynamics but I there's a big part of me that thinks Baker Mayfield can play a little bit but I I just from a confidence perspective and trust from what's been around him of late he hadn't been able to play his best football I see I don't know that's not that's not a it's like, what is Occam's razor, right? The simplest explanation is, 
what I don't, I'm not going to try to get into that, but like, I, I, I don't think there's a simple, like, Oh, it's Print this that one shirt. There it is. Joe, another, <laughs> another. <laughs> so this one, this one, I know this is what I can help out with. Occam's razor is the, the easiest uh, explanation is normally the explanation. Like the simplest explanation is normally what is happening. <laughs> the idea that in trying to understand something, getting unnecessary information out of the way is the fastest way to the truth or the best explanation. I try. There you go. There you I go. Try. Yeah. He's just, it, <laughs> you said it right joke. too. I think that there, there's significant weight to be put in. You said it right. We shouldn't <laughs> overlook that and gloss over that. Thank you. <laughs> um, anything else? Do you want to, no, anything I'm, else I, you need to say? I feel like I got it out. I'm good. Okay, good. I want to, I want to talk about a defense across the NFL right now. A chance to review a couple of this team's recent performances. Our Seahawks. Our Seattle Seahawks. Because I had to go back and I watched the Giants. Uh, the Seahawks-Giants game. Uh, 27-13 victory for the Giant, or for the Seahawks over the Giants at home in that game. And there were a couple of players that popped. So then I kind of went down the rabbit hole. And I looked at Seattle. And I looked at their last three weeks. And Seattle, over the last three weeks, guys, is allowing less than 300 yards of offense per game over the last three weeks. They have two turnovers forced defensively in six consecutive games. They have allowed nine points to the Arizona Cardinals, 23 points to the LA Chargers, and 13 points to the New York Giants in three consecutive wins to move this team to 5-3 and and first place in the NFC West. And what's cool about how Seattle has got here is there is a player who is just playing absolutely balls out. Joe, if I asked you who the best player, who's been the best player for the last three weeks, four weeks, the last month for the Seattle Seahawks defensively, who would you say? I feel like this is going to be in Chen and Wosu. It is not Inchenowosu who is is performing at a very high level, respectively himself. He's rushing the passer at a level that he has not done uh, to this point in his NFL career. Uh, and in the midst of Daryl Taylor and Boye Mafe, Mafe had a sack against the Giants. He had these nice like peripheral performances, but Umwosu has really been the straw that stirs the drink. The drink with what they are doing from a pass rush perspective. But there's a, a player who I think is playing better football for Seattle. Tariq? Tariq Woolen, another good choice, but not the player I would acknowledge right now. Jordan Brooks? Jordan Brooks would be a good guess, but not the player I would acknowledge. And this is my point. Ryan Neal, the safety, taking over effectively the Jamal Adams role. In this defense. Oh, no. And playing it well. Don't tell me <laughs> UDFA from the Southern Illinois Salukis could have saved him two first-round picks and $20 million a year. You know, he started playing <laughs> significant snaps in week four. He played two snaps defensively in week one, four snaps defensively in week two, did not play in week three. Week four, 37 snaps. Week five, not a math guy, but 77 snaps. Week six. 
not a math guy, 71 snaps. Week 7, 71 snaps. Week 8, 55 snaps defensively. He's lining up in the box as a sub-linebacker. He's lining up on the line of scrimmage. He's lining up in the slot. He's lining up at free safety. He's played 143 snaps in the box, 31 snaps on the defensive line, 50 snaps in the slot, and 88 snaps at free safety for the Seattle Seahawks. He's just moving all around this defense. He's doing a really, really good job in coverage. He's not as impactful as Jamal Adams is as a pass rusher, but he is doing a good job in coverage, and I think he's fitting the run really well too. So it, it was just really surprising to turn on the tape and watch Seattle in the midst of this defensive resurgence they've had the last couple of weeks. And yeah, the Arizona Cardinals are a hot mess express. Okay, you know, you, you, we want to acknowledge that and move on. We can. Uh, the New York Giants don't really have any threats in the passing game. Okay, you can acknowledge that. But they were still very effective in challenging the LA Chargers. And again, they have six turnovers forced in the last two games, and they're conceding less than 300 yards a game. Seattle's defense, they're outperforming expectations on both sides of the ball. But I think when Jamal Adams went out the window, kind of your expectations for them having this kind of player went out, you thought went out the window too. But Ryan Neal is playing really well for Seattle defensively. Yeah, I didn't didn't think this was where it was gonna go, man. Um, I I I wonder if me kind of just bringing up that Jamal Adams point was was a little bit of where you were wanting to go with it. But I is what 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 is it about the role? Is it the role or is it the player that gives you kind of a chance to play free? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, because you have naturally baked into your playbook these opportunities to kind of just let a playmaker be a playmaker, right? I mean, that, that's what Jamal has been. He's such a unique talent that he doesn't fit a lot of the traditional norms. And I think because of that, the stereotype is, oh, well, Jamal Adams actually isn't that good, right? Because it doesn't look the way it's quote-unquote supposed to look. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that you do have a player in Ryan Neal who has stepped in and is performing to the, the standard of which he has the last month probably doesn't give you the warm and fuzzies about what you paid for Jamal Adams. But regardless, um, this is a good football player in his own right. And having not having to completely change your identity and what you are and, and how you approach defense is critical. And I think you can look across the NFL at several teams who have incurred injuries or had personnel changes and, uh, the those prompted changes in identity sometimes work well and sometimes don't. And and for Seattle to to have the chance with Ryan Neal to avoid that, I think is pretty neat and uh, certainly a fun story for a player who, as you said, Joe, was an undrafted rookie in 2018 out of Southern Illinois. Let me ask you this, because uh, Seattle two first round picks, right? If I'm not yes. mistaken, this year, yes. Again? Um. where does your mind go for the most significant things that they could add to the defense to, you know, just continue building? Let's throw the offense away for now. What's, what's the stuff on defense you want to see them find, man. So you got a rookie corner in Tariq Woolen who's playing well. You have a rookie corner in Kobe Bryant, who's playing 
meaningful snaps and has been in the slot. Uh, Quandre Diggs has been a staple at free safety. He's got some versatility. We have Jamal Adams slash Ryan Neal. I think you would really continue to benefit from adding multiple alignment horses in the front. Shelby Harris has been good as a player that was added to this team as a part of the Russell Wilson trade. But you look at the rest of the group that's Quentin Jefferson, who I've liked as a player. He just has he hasn't taken the next step to to fortify himself as like a legitimate long-term option that you feel really good about there. Brian Moan's been fine, but I think he's a little one-dimensional. Uh Puna Ford, we know what he is. We know where he wins as a player, but that's not a you have to walk the tightrope from personnel, right? So I think you can probably go find another outside corner. I would love another freakish athlete to go with Tariq Woolen outside. And, and Michael Jackson has not played poorly as of late. And he's played over 500 snaps this year. But I think that's an upgrade opportunity for you at outside corner. Get really Try to get some guys with really rare physical tools and really rare instincts. And then I want to I be able to go two, two and a half deep on the defensive front at every position and be able to attack. Uh, but so th- those early picks, if you were going to spend them defensively, I want them. Tyree Wilson. Hy- uh, who's that? Tyree, Tyree Wilson? Wilson. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly the kind of guy. Right. He's a, he's a home run pick for them. So is Keely Ringo. Yeah. Like, Even like they're the have corners and the Gonzalez is that corner seem like yes. logical. Yes. Yeah. So they're going to have a lot of lot of chances to stack guys into this group um, and potentially push uh, push the ceiling even higher than, you know, you obviously get excited about the young group that you have. And I think one thing that would be risky is putting too many eggs in the basket mm. of Uchen and Wosu and assuming he's going to be this player year over year. What so, about deviled eggs in the basket? Is that... I would ask you how you eat them, but you don't eat them. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you to come back in for just a second. How do you eat your deviled eggs? I don't eat them either. It's not something that I partake in, despite it being but a But they're family. made at your house consistently. Yeah, I, I don't eat them. Everybody else in the family eats them. How how do you see them consumed? Is it just like eating a sandwich, or is there a different... I mean, are they, are, they're cut in half, and then the yeah. filling is put... Yeah, so don't you, you just put them like, in your hand and bite them and eat them? Right. Is there, so, well, no, yeah, that's the way I, I shuck. I I shuck them like oysters. Oh, you eat the filling first, and then you yeah. go back to the. Oh, yeah. that's a gross way to do that. No, not yeah. a fan of that at all. I'm not surprised you feel that way, but I'm just really going to be myself and. Oh yeah, shit. yeah. Always, always be you. But like, I've I've I was wondering if you were getting at like with your hand or with like a fork. No, yeah, I didn't like, know that there's the, like different techniques. Well, come on, it's people eat pop tarts weird. People eat sandwiches weird. People people eat Kit Kats weird. Right. Why'd you say Kit Kats? Well, because people eat them weird, and that's what right. We were they talking don't about. break. They don't break. I didn't know if there was a story they... Halloween. I, no. I mean, it just felt like an odd. They thing take to the whole there. the whole sleeve of four. It's yeah, like sticking it all four fingers in your mouth at the same time and eat it horizontally instead of like <laughs> breaking <laughs> sticks up. You've what? never seen this? No, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, that's why I brought it up, Joe. That's horizontal why I it up. Yeah. eating of a Kit Kat. Yeah, 
That's insane to me. You never know. Never. I mean, know if where, I get what, the the, the, the fun size two either. by two, you know, I'll I'll eat it. Yeah, you just house the whole thing, but you yeah. don't stick it in your mouth sideways like you're no. a dog with a bone. Like that's insane. <laughs> that's insane to me. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Chris. Now I'll be thinking about that. So I have given the flowers that I needed to give to to Ryan Neal and the Seattle Seahawks defense for their strong performances over the last couple of weeks. So that means we can do a tier maker Wednesday edition of the show. Is that is that correct? Uh, I believe that is correct. Yes. So yesterday or last week, I should say, we did the defensive coordinators in the National Football League and looked at them from a should they get head coaching interviews? Or would you be interested in interviewing that person for a head coaching job? And we put them into the tiers of slam dunk, maybe, probably not, or no chance. And so, since we did the defense last week, you can guess where we're going today. We did Special the teams. offense. <laughs> and, I will t- and I will tell you, I will tell you, the probably not and no chance buckets are very, very big. I thought we were going to go special teams. I'm not prepared. Uh, oh, sorry. Any slam dunk coordinators we need to know about? Uh, no, we're good. No. All right. <laughs> how many slam dunk? How many slam dunk offensive coordinators do you have? Before we Six. start, Six? I have five. I have two. Five. Chris. Two. Chris. Two. Open your mind, sir. There, are, there are. I will tell you, there are two in the maybe, three in the maybe that you, if if both of you have them in the slam dunk, I will move them. I, I was kind of a hedge on my part. I didn't want to get too hot takey on the show. So if you guys have them in there, I'll move them. So that's what I will say. Uh, so we'll do this in the order that Joe presented them to me in the chat that we have, that we all shared. And we'll start with Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. Slam dunk. I do not have him in slam dunk. Not, neither do I. It's too, it's, I, and we talked about this, what, a couple weeks ago, right? It's just too early for me to consider him a slam dunk interview a guy you you have to interview yeah i'm not there now now with that information i'm very fascinated on who the five in kyle's bucket are because i felt that way about a lot of them and then i said no we're talking about an interview we're not saying hire them guys that you're going to want to talk to yeah i don't know if it's a slam dunk that i absolutely want to talk to ken dorsey just yet not sure i agree hopefully the rest of the league is listening you want to wait a few more years Frank Smith, offensive coordinator for your Miami. Wait, what Dolphins. bucket did you guys have him in? I, I didn't miss maybe. that. Maybe, maybe. I have him in maybe. Okay, he's literally at the top of the maybe bucket. Like it, it. I could be swayed. Frank Smith, probably not. Probably not. I put him in the no chance, but probably not. It's probably fair. and and I like Frank a lot, but he's not calling plays, and it's that's Mike McDaniel's job, and because of that, I just think it's. It would be overly ambitious to to pay him for a, a head coaching interview right now. Um, Matt Patricia slash Joe Judge for the New England Patriots. No chance. No chance. No chance. That's where I have him as well. Michael Fleur. Probably not. Probably not is where I have him as well. Probably not. He should probably be in the no chance, but well, I'll hold like let's. I see how the rest of this year. The thing is, like, I couldn't put him in the same bucket as Matt Patricia. You know what I mean? Well, and and like and like (laughs) his last name is Lafleur, and we know what system he came from. And so, like, just on that alone, like, I'm sitting here. The trendy stuff is all there, right? I'm like, yeah, like he can't be in no chance. Like he's got to just be in the probably not just as a hedge. Uh, Greg Roman, Baltimore Ravens. Probably not slam dunk. Maybe. 
Kyle's in on Greg Roman. Listen, and, the guy's and got, I will tell you, he's got a great network of coaches that he could build a staff with. He's got a long, long list of quarterbacks with traits that everybody falls over with all these quarterback prospects. I think you can build an offense with Greg Roman, and I think he's got a great network of assistants around him, including one Vic Fangio who's not coaching right now that could you could put together a good staff. I will tell you, this is one of those names and maybe that I would have considered for slam dunk. It, it, I, it was borderline. So I, I am I'm closer to Kyle than I am Joe on this one, but I put him in maybe. I split the difference. I think I want to bump him to maybe. No. Bri- yeah. Joe? Kyle convinced me. Bring Let's him in. Let's go. I'll put him to maybe. Let's welcome. Brian welcome back. Cincinnati Bengals. Welcome Probably back. not. Welcome back. Welcome back. Probably not. I put no chance. No chance. Uh, Alex, Van, Alex, Van, Alex Van Pelt. No Alex Van Pelt. Uh, probably not. Probably not. No chance. No, no chance. chance buckets, no chance. Buck is pretty big. Uh, Matt Canada. No chance. We could just. No chance. <laughs> no chance. Eh. Uh, Pep Hamilton. Commentary. Wait, who would you Slam say? Dog. Pep Hamilton. Pe- Pep Hamilton. I put maybe. I understand. I put maybe as well. Come on, Chris. And, come okay, with fine, me. Okay, fine, fine. You know come what? You know what? Ride. I I didn't do it with Greg Roman. This was another one of the names. I'm in. Slam dunk on Pep Hamilton. Pep Hamilton's resume of working with young quarterbacks is excellent. I understand this year's not the year everybody's going to get all excited about Pep Hamilton because of the Texans and their current situation. But his resume is as good of working with young quarterbacks and develop them, developing them against almost anybody. Uh, we are skipping the. I just want to make it clear for the record: we are skipping the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> offensive creditor Marcus Brady because he well, no longer has the let, role. Let's just say no, no chance. chance. <laughs> so no chance. Okay, I don't want to poke fun at somebody losing their job, but that's just why we're skipping over him. Uh, Press Taylor, Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe. No chance. Probably not for me. He's he was he's another guy who again this year the momentum's not there, but he's been a hot name for a minute because of of the, the time in uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So Todd, Todd Downing, Tennessee Titans. Probably not. I probably, probably not. not. Probably not. Uh, Justin Outen, Denver Broncos. No chance. No chance. No chance. I've, I've seen that offense. No chance. No chance. Eric B. Enemy. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Joe, in the spirit of you saying it's an interview, he's a slam dunk. Well, okay. I I, under, I understand the questions that exist about him actually yeah. getting a job, but so Joe, that, go ahead. wouldn't that then sway you? There's enough of a sample size here to say he's interviewed and it hasn't gotten to a job. So do I really want to interview him? I think that's where I uh, that's the circle of of thought process I went to of like I, think, I would love to talk to Eric Bieniemy, but then in the back of my mind I'm like, wait a minute, he's talked to a bunch of different places and ultimately didn't get the job. So do I really want to talk to him? So so you would just leave the stone unturned for yourself just based off of the the third hand information of reading well, he's a maybe. the lines. It's a, it's a maybe. It's if uh, he's not like a probably not. It's a maybe for me. Okay, that's fair. But for me, for me, in the spirit of us asking, would you interview this person? I would absolutely interview Eric Bieniemy. So he's slam dunk for you. For he's a slam dunk, yes. That's three of my my five slam dunks. Yeah, and I I can appreciate the comment that I made after the Ken Dorsey designation. I can appreciate the congruency between what you've done and your process. Yeah, what you said your process is. Yeah. Joe, you did not share where you had him. I said maybe. I said maybe. I, I don't. He did, believe, he did I don't say. I think. He, I think. Okay. He did say okay. Maybe. 
Okay, okay. You you just heard we weren't taking the bus ride and decided that Joe didn't say anything. <laughs> Mick Lombardi, Los Angeles, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. No chance. Uh, no chance. No chance. No chance. No chance. Joe Lombardi. This was a tough one for me. Uh, probably not. Probably, that's where I put him. Probably not, but I, I thought about no chance just because right. how they're it, using it, Herbert. In so it's probably many not trending is... in the wrong direction, right? Like probably not that swing category where it could be probably not, but you could be on the ascent or probably not. And you're on the, di- he's going the wrong direction. Right. He is not going Kel- the wrong direction. Kellen Moore, Dallas Cowboys. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. I have maybe. And and Kyle, here's, here's why. I'm so glad we had to be enemy conversation because I got to know on Kellen Moore. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I got to have the conversation. I have enough empirical data on enemy. I don't with Kellen Moore. So I want to answer that question myself personal. It's fair. It's fair. I so like Kellen Moore. And, and if you gave me a long enough list, I would probably schedule him for an interview out of this, this group of people. For sure. But I put him as maybe versus who I thought my slam dunks were. Mike Kafka. New York Giants. Probably not. Slam dunk. Probably not. Slam dunk. Slam yeah. dunk. Joe, it's the first year, man. I, I, I want to talk has to affi- I want to find out. The man has an okay. affiliation with the Buffalo Bills. He's said, yep. I, I, Mike it's, Kafka it's, has it's absolutely zero affiliations with the Buffalo Bills. Really? Zero. Well, you know, he works for Brian Dayborn. He works for Brian Dayborn. who is the head coach of the New York Giants. Who and was the, the offensive coordinator yeah. for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we can, we can do this. There's going to be uh, a tie to the Bills every single one of these guys. Every one of them. I will say I I'm my Kafka trending towards maybe, but I couldn't get him into maybe. I'm just not there yet. I listen. Here's what I'll say. I, I hear you. We've I've seen enough of these young coordinators get these opportunities and perform well for me to. If there's like a chance that I get a guy, I want to talk to him. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Shane Steichen, Philadelphia Eagles. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. Call it a clean sweep. That's the third of my slam dunks. That's it. My group is closed there for the moment. Scott Turner, Washington Commanders. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, Luke Getze, Chicago Bears. No chance. No chance. (laughs) I put probably not, but no chance. Yeah. Ben Johnson, Detroit Lions. No chance. I put probably not. Uh, Adam Stenovich, Green Bay Packers. Probably not. Nah, I'm probably good. not. That's not a category. So can you tell me what category? No, nah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Kyle said, I'm good. <laughs> probably not. West Phillips, Minnesota Vikings. I went maybe here. Probably not. I also have probably not along with Chris. First year, head, you know, first year offensive head coach makes it very difficult to 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 see a path to like. Yeah, got to yeah. talk to that guy right away, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got uh, a nice little thing. Wade Phillips' son, you know, the Bills connection there. Former Bills head coach, his son. So you know, had to give him a little the Joe Marino bump for the Bills uh, affiliation. Uh, that's good. We, we always got to get those Bills affiliated people higher yeah. up on the list. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. This is Dave Ragone. Uh, probably, not. probably not. For I am as well. I was more looking for the pronunciation of the name to make sure I got it correct. But thanks for helping me out uh, there, guys. Kyle, how do you feel about like just random quarterbacks that we scouted, like Dave Ragone and Mike Kafka and Kellen Moore, just, just popping up now? now and yeah, now. <laughs> hey, by the way, did you see who's the interim head coach at the University of Auburn? 
It makes you feel old. Makes you feel very old. The Cadillac I, Williams I, is the interim head coach at, is Al, Cad- at Auburn. I had no idea. I didn't know the oh, answer. Yeah. Is that yep. really who it is? That is. Like, yes. Yes. Cadillac Williams. I, was he on the, the coaching? What was he doing he, before? He was the running, was backs, running backs coach. Backs coach. Oh, yep. Okay. Top five pick in the 2005 NFL Draft. Cadillac okay, Williams is a head coach of an SEC program. Makes yep. you feel old. Makes you feel very, very old. Uh, ben McAdoo, no chance. We can just move on with our lives. <laughs> LOL. Where's I need a I need a different tier. Where, where's like the below? Yeah, there, nah, I'm yeah, good. yeah there's a, nah, I'm good. There's that's, a, that's, nah, I'm good. <laughs> that's the Ben McAdoo tier. <laughs> Wait, if you had if you had to, Matt Patricia or Ben McAdoo? Matt Patricia. Really? <sighs> really? I don't I don't know. If there's an easy answer here. I would go McAdoo honestly. I'm I not, I answered quick. I'm I, not picking. I answered quickly <laughs> so we can move on. That's I because I don't want to live in that world. I'm not picking. Uh, Pete Carmichael Jr., New Orleans Saints. Maybe. I put probably not. Probably not for me. This next one this next one pains me. Ta- uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. Probably not. I, I probably not. Slam I dunk. Slam dunk. Guys, the personnel has just been steamrolled. I don't know. I was told it was fine. Well, they're not they're not concerned, but The injuries on the offensive line have been pretty bad. The Tom Brady distractions are self-explanatory. This guy, everybody was falling over to hire last year. Mm-hmm. I actually think this will be a good thing for Byron Leftwich. the struggles of this year. in that this will weather you more for a leadership role because that was the big question is, well, he's young. He's such a young coach. I think an experience like this provided we learn from it and take the things that we need to, can be a good thing for Byron Leftwich. I think he's slam dunk here. Play caller for the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury. Nope. Nah, I'm no good. No chance. Nah, I'm good. Lee, Liam Cohn, Los Angeles Rams. I put Hard no pass. Chance. Probably not. No chance. So, Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers? Like, I... This is not an, an existent. Like thing. he's a, he's a slam dunk if 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 he's available, right? right. Like you want to oh. talk to him. But. I didn't put him in slam dunk because as like you'd have to give up like what a couple of first round picks in addition, right. and so and I'm just I'm not, not doing that. I'm not going. I ain't going yeah, that lens for sure. But in a world where he's available, I mean, he's a slam dunk, right? Shane Waldron, Seattle Seahawks, slam dunk, maybe. I put him in maybe Joe. I wanted to put him in slam dunk. Can you convince me here? Can you get me there? No, no if you're gonna if you're gonna buy into the experience factor, then no. But okay, yeah, it's yeah, that's, that's it. you, I was consistent with Dorsey, Steichen, Kafka, Waldron. I was like, okay, young guys. I I want to talk to him. Yeah, I couldn't get there. I couldn't get there. So I wanted uh-huh. to, but I just couldn't. So uh, I believe that is it. That's all I have. We've done all the teams. So let me tell you, we, my my heart just totally skipped a beat. Uh, okay. Do you, would you like to share why? Did you occurred? almost get chapsed? What happened? No, I almost didn't. <laughs> I didn't almost get chapsed, but um, we're recording on Tuesday and we're pretty close to the trade deadline. And my team put out a big roster moves graphic on the timeline. And it was that Lee Meikenberg was going on injured reserve and Austin Jackson was coming off injured reserve. And he, all I saw was roster moves, and I was like, <gasps> "What happened?" You know, like that wasn't. Do you it. remember before social media existed, and you just sat there and watched the ESPN ticker, yeah, all day, 
All day long, baby. Right. And remember when they kept they, when this might, this might not be something Chris remembers, but Cal, do you remember when they started doing it through the commercials, as opposed to yes, like when the programming went? That was yep. just a game changer. <laughs> yeah, when when you didn't have to try to keep track on what was ahead of what you were looking for in the ticker, because if you if it if you knew it was coming up and then it went to commercials, you knew you were going to miss it yeah. on the ticker. It was terrible. Right. Um, what was the jingle? Didn't they play a jingle with breaking news? I'm sure. I don't. I'm I don't sure there was. It. I don't remember it off the top of my head. No. Oh man, I'm gonna see here. And now they now they news. actually like let you know what sports are coming up next. Like in the back in our day, you just sat there and you had to eat it whatever came. You, right. you had no anticipation. You, you just wait for the next oh, header coming. to come by that it was NBA scores. And it's like all right, well I got to right. weather. I got to weather twelve games tonight. <laughs> With leading scores, leading scores, right? Like, you know I mean? And then, then we come back to baseball. Stuff. You always knew Clyde Drexler's stat lines, you know, because you're just trying to get through it, right? So that way you can get to absorbing nope. it via osmosis. Nope, <laughs> right? I do not think Clyde Drexler's box scores showed up on the bottom line of. Oh, brother, can can confirm many a nights scroll waiting, just waiting to see the Mets score. You know, is there anything else? we need no i said that we were done and then you yeah, took us I down know. that yeah, rabbit I mean, hole so i just heart skipped a beat that's all nothing uh nothing for you joe no i'm good we're kind of in that weird we're recording this on tuesday just before the trade deadline if you right. so we got to be really also. careful we can't we can't yeah. say too much here we're all like oh. <laughs> Gonna incriminate ourselves. I'm sure somebody's gonna go back and, and read the timelines, timestamps to figure out exactly when we were recording already, based off of what I said. But that's fine. You listen. You guys enjoy yourselves. Um, hope if anything did happen with your team at the trade deadline that it, it treated your team well. Uh, I'm sure we will be back and reacting to anything that happens throughout the course of the rest of this week. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Make it a great Wednesday, and we will talk with you all again. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.